talking today about the changing joint employer standard in franchising with Elizabeth Sigaty and John Gotaski on Fox Rothschild Podcast. Liz is a partner in the firm's offices in New York City, Philadelphia, and Bucks County, and she chairs the firm's franchising, licensing, and distribution group, and co-chairs the firm's emerging companies practice group. John is a partner and litigator with Fox Rothschild in Pittsburgh, who is editor of the firm's franchise law update blog. They represent clients in a variety of corporate, venture finance, franchising, licensing, and distribution matters, as well as in commercial litigation. Liz, John, good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Good to be here. Liz, I understand that the National Labor Relations Board recently made a rather controversial ruling impacting franchisers and involving the joint employer standard. Yes, most definitely. In case listeners have not kept a close eye on the business press, they may have missed the NLRB's late August decision involving Browning Ferris Industries. They voted in a three-to-two decision along partisan lines. The NLRB overturned the joint employer standard, which has existed for the past three decades. This is a highly important decision because if a company is a joint employer, it could be then subject to collective bargaining and a large variety of employment-related claims formally reserved for the direct employer. John, what could uh, this mean uh, in addition for the franchise community? For the franchisor and franchisee community, focused on any number of entrepreneurial opportunities, this ruling meant waking up to a different world. The old standard required that a company utilizing the services of employees of another company would be considered a joint employer only if it had direct control over working conditions. And that means the direct ability to hire and fire employees and that type of direct control. Mm -hmm. The new standard, on the other hand, states that two or more employers are joint employers if they share or co-determine those matters governing the essential terms and conditions of employment. A much more nebulous standard. Liz, this is definitely not good news? Uh, Correct. In reading the NLRB's decision, what was once considered the, quote, essential terms and conditions of employment, close quote, now seems to be somewhat unclear, uh, both respecting the breadth and importance of each. They certainly include, as the opinion states, the hiring, firing, discipline, supervision, and direction, which is very broad in the first place. However, the NLRB states that it intends to be inclusive, and this list is not exhaustive. This is what is making some employers, especially in the outside staffing and in the franchise industry, very nervous. John, can you give our listeners some background of the facts of the ruling? Sure. The actual facts of the decision concern the use by Browning Ferris Industries of an outside staffing firm. The union wanted to represent the workers employed by the staffing firm and argued that those employees should be deemed Browning Ferris employees and thus able to be part of the union. Uh, But instead of simply ruling on this case, uh, the NLRB took the opportunity to restate its position more generally into one that would capture far more contractual relationships than previously. And I'd like to point out as well that the minority dissent highlights their concern of the uncertainty created by the decision in addition to the complexity of business relationships it creates. For for example, if this were a franchise and the union brought a successful petition that the employees of one franchise location should be deemed employees of the franchisor because of the joint employer doctrine, 
How might this affect other franchise locations, each owned by different people? Who is ultimately sitting at the collective bargaining table? While the decision makes clear that the choice of whether an entity is a joint employer is fact-specific and does not automatically apply to other business models, the way that the staffing, franchise, or other businesses should move forward is very uncertain. John, how do you see these concerns playing out in everyday business? Well, if, for example, a franchisor requires that a fast food restaurant be open from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day, which isn't unusual, then that the food be prepared in a certain manner, uh, that the employees wear certain uniforms. Do those types of factors mean that all of a sudden now the franchisor is co-determining matters governing the conditions of employment? Now, under law, for a franchisor to maintain ownership and control of its trademark, to protect the brand quality behind that trademark, it's necessary to control certain things. If it loses this control as a result of this ruling or future rulings by the NLRB, it can lose the rights to its trademark, which would be a real problem. So trademark law here is conflicting with what the NLRB does, in, in our opinion, and it mandates that a franchisor maintain a level of control relating to the quality and product and the brand. Um, and frankly, from my perspective, and I bet you, everyone agrees, we want the same cup of coffee every time we go to our local franchise coffee shop, right? Yeah, right. I think these two sets of laws pull the franchise industry in opposite direction. Franchisors may fear that certain support and controls could create a risk that the NLR might be made make a franchisor a joint employer, and this could result in franchisors withdrawing value support, resources, and brand protections for fear that these resources may be used as evidence of control under that standard. And one of the main reasons franchisees purchase a franchise business is to get this support, to get the brand name, to get the experience from the franchisor. But, on the other hand, franchisors may feel they have to exercise more control, maybe excessive control, in order to ensure that there are fewer potential claims against them if they think that they can be come after for, you know, things that the franchisee does with their employees. But franchisees, on the other hand, are independent businesses. They don't want the franchisor telling them who to fire, how to run their business on a day-to-day -day basis. So, you know, what to do? Liz, uh, have there been any developments since the ruling? Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of developments, but one that's happened in the last week or so is that a couple members of Congress are sponsoring a bill called the Protecting Local Business Opportunity Act. It's a simple bill that essentially amends the National Labor Relations Act to return the determination of joint employer to the direct control standard that existed before the NLRB ruling. But, you know, the future of the bill is very uncertain. John, what do you see when gazing into your crystal ball? This issue isn't going away, that's what I see. And if it ever goes away, it's not anytime soon. There already has been a ton of litigation in the past about what direct control means. Now we're going to have additional litigation. Uh, supporters of employers and small businesses are going to struggle to protect their rights to run their businesses. And currently the NLRB, as it's constituted, and the unions are going to continue to push this in an attempt to create greater opportunities for collective bargaining. But we'll keep a close watch on these decisions. There's going to be many hours and dollars spent around this divisive issue. Well, thank you, Liz and John.
listeners to confidentially discuss how your franchise may need to respond to the NLRB decision, please contact Liz Sigety in Philadelphia at 215-918-3554 or at eSigety, that's E-S-I-G-E-T-Y, at foxrothschild.com. Or you may contact John Gotaski in Pittsburgh at 412-394-5528 or at jgotaski, that's J-G-O-T-A-S-K-I-E, at foxrothschild.com. Fox Rothschild LLP is a national law firm with more than 600 attorneys practicing in more than 20 offices coast to coast. Our clients come to us because we understand their issues, their priorities, and the way they think. We help clients manage risk and make better decisions by offering practical advice. Visit us on the web at www.foxrothschild.com. 